Yes, Sandiletikana. Yes, 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 yes. Ningati Sandiletikana. Sandiletikeni with uh, that poem there, Kwava Juice. Uh, yeah, what do you make of, uh, I guess, yeah, we're not going to be talking about uh, Kwava Juice now. Uh, we're going to be talking, I guess, about much harder stuff. What do you make of, uh, you know, uh, these uh, petrol stations that are now going to be able uh, to sell us uh, some of the stronger stuff? Uh, I'd love to hear your views on that. And uh, you can uh, uh, hit us up on our studio line on 089-110-3377. 089-110-3377. Some of your thoughts on that. Uh, we've certainly seen some of the non-alcoholic variants being sold in many of uh, yeah BP's own garages I think uh, with that pick and pay they have there uh, they do sell some of the non-alcoholic variants uh, and uh, now I guess looking to make a foray into the sale of wine and uh, some of uh, the more uh, you know mainstream alcohol alcohol uh, variants of uh, some of what they already have uh, and uh, yeah we're going to be speaking to uh, Morris Smithers uh, after our break and uh, he's from the Southern African Policy, uh, Alcohol Policy Alliance of South Africa and uh, also going to be uh, hearing some of your thoughts uh, on that uh, but I, I mean I often seem to think and uh, if uh, look at some of the tweets that had come through earlier on today on this particular issue uh, I guess you know wide ranging if, if, I, if I might add on the one end there are people who are saying yeah, why do you even want to go that route um, with all of the troubles and the challenges we have with liquor? Uh, yeah, and uh, Akona had said earlier on, on Twitter saying, Now, I don't know. But I understand, I guess, Beaufort West is a critical milestone in that migration route uh, between the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess many of the commuters and travelers on that path uh, would from time to time buy the alika from, you know, some of the uh, uh, people who are traders uh, in that part of the world. And uh, original Pansula saying it's a brilliant idea. And Spelele Ndugane had uh, earlier on said we are so easily distracted by alcohol in this country. And, uh, yeah, sad state of affairs. And, uh, yeah, many others saying we don't understand this hullabaloo about it. Mabtengi is... I mean, it's not an issue. Uh, it's neither here nor there for many South Africans. Uh, and I find, I guess, the diversity of the response is very, very interesting. Uh, suffice to say that uh, it's certainly going to be something that uh, even our r- regulations around responsible uh, trade and consumption of liquor is going to have to deal with. Uh, because this idea of uh, being able to sell uh, conveniently so. I mean, it's, it's going to have implications on zoning. I mean, what happens to a garage, you know, that might be close to a school? Of course, they might not get the license and uh, the licensing process would be the same. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that earlier voice note uh, really indicating support for this particular idea and uh, we'll be getting some of your own perspectives, uh, certainly from the other side of people who might not agree with this one. Uh, my mind is certainly not made up uh, on uh, this one. So, um yeah, and yeah, convince me and persuade me about this particular one, whether you are in support or against it. And uh, yeah, send us your voice notes on 079-191-4270. Numfundo Kambule there, and her poem Walk With Me. And is yeah. Uh, yeah, in the rich, uh, you know, 
pangaleleyo yembongi kwelilizwe sinalo hapa South Africa so uh, yeah that uh, is the nomfundo kambule's walk with me uh, that poem and uh, yeah i would love to hear some of your thoughts i guess on this issue here around uh, the liquor trade but we we'll come back to uh, an earlier uh, uh, discussion that we had i mean uh, talking about the commonwealth and as i said yeah the commonwealth of poor countries uh, because um, i know of very few former british colonies that uh, would uh, you know be seen as a group that is the commonwealth so i guess it's always this question of commonwealth of who uh, but uh, yeah we can have that discussion uh, it just does seem to me like to be a very imperial type of institution uh, the commonwealth uh, and uh, kenya has proposed the defense uh, cabinet secretary monica juma for the position of a secretary general of the commonwealth and uh, yeah i'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this our colleague here at the sabc sarai kimani caught up with uh, monica juma and uh, yeah uh, this is uh, going to be proposed uh, at the commonwealth heads of government uh, meeting uh, set uh, to happen and the current secretary general's patricia scotland has served over two years on her first term yeah, uh, my colleague there, Sarah Kimani, speaking to Monica Juma, who is uh, one of the front runners there to be the Secretary General of the Commonwealth. You might want to comment on that. Uh, out, yeah, outside of uh, my comments there around uh, the Commonwealth itself. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess an interesting uh, institution nonetheless. And uh, uh, continuing uh, in, of course, the diplomatic and uh, multilateral relationships uh, between uh, the United Kingdom and some of its former colonies. Uh, let's shift our attention now to uh, this discussion, Yotuala, and uh, we're going to be speaking, as I said, to Maurice Smithers, uh, who is uh, the uh, South Africa Director of the Southern African Alcohol Policy Alliance. And uh, yeah, they are calling for an immediate halt on the sale of liquor at petrol station forecourt shops. Uh, but yeah, many have also expressed support. Comrade Morris, uh, people are saying, yeah, it's going to boost the economy. They're going to comply with the regulations. They are not going to behave, you know, in unwarranted ways. And, uh, you know, the uh, time limits will apply to the garages as well. What seems to be your problem as the uh, Southern African Alcohol Policy Alliance? Good evening to you. Hi, hi. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Look, look, I think that... uh, I think that uh, some of your callers are very optimistic. I mean, people are not obeying the regulations already, so why would they obey regulations at petrol stations? Uh, it's true that they won't be selling 24 hours, but uh, illegally. But the fact is that uh, even if they close, even if they legally close at eight o'clock, you know, if you're a petrol station and it's one o'clock in the morning, nobody else is around. Some guy comes in and says, "Slipping a bottle of wine under the counter." It's going to happen. You know, these are the kind of things that can happen. Uh, so it opens the door for that kind of thing to happen. Um, look, you know, it's, it's, our, our issue is that uh, government and a number of people have already said, particularly during COVID, we already have too many liquor outlets. And uh, why do we want to add a potential another 5,000 to that? The other issue that we have is the drinking and driving issue. And yes, of course, it's true. As one caller said, that if you, you know, go across the road from a petrol station and buy from a bottle store across the road, you can you can do the same thing. Of course, we accept that. You can go into a pick and pay and you can buy a drink and take it to your car and start drinking it. Uh, we accept that. But the point is, why make it even worse by having it at a petrol station? And interestingly, today when we had a uh, we had a, a, a small 
picket outside the BP head office, and the security people came to receive our memorandum on behalf of BP because all of the BP staff are working at home. And the security guard said to us, you know, I fully support what you guys are doing because if I get into a taxi or a bus on a long trip, I want to know that if the driver pulls into a petrol station to get petrol, that he can't go into the shop and go and buy liquor. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting point because he's talking about himself as a passenger in a vehicle mm. where the risk to him is of the driver actually drinking. So that was, for me, that was a really important yeah. moment when, when this, this security guard said this to me. Mm. And you know, Morris, um, but, I mean, we, we yeah. had somebody, you know, just on our Twitter uh, mentioning something similar. I mean, with that long distance uh, commute between the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape that happens from time to time. And he was mentioning... Mm. You know, they normally, as uh, commuters, get their liquor, you know, in some cases through illicit forms or some, from some of the people mm. who are selling coffee uh, ostensibly. Uh, and he's saying it now, at least for him as a consumer, that opens up the possibility. But, I mean, your views on some of the economic arguments that people are raising, that, you know, if, if there's a proper harm reduction framework in place, you know, why leave all of that economic value on the table? Well, is there a proper harm reduction uh situation in place. I don't think there is. Uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, you know, government itself recognized that the 2003 Liquor Act, which is the first uh, post-apartheid Liquor Act uh, in South Africa, they recognized that the 2003 Liquor Act is not sufficient. And so in, 2010, in 2016, they adopted a new liquor policy which is very much in line with the World Health Organization global strategy for reducing alcohol-related harm, which was uh, drafted in and published in 2010. And the Liquor Amendment Bill of 2016, which was also approved by Cabinet, uh, contains particular uh, suggestions uh, and, 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 and uh, restrictions, which aim to improve the legislation in the country. Unfortunately, that hasn't been passed. If it had been, then this particular petrol station issue would not be an issue because in the Liquor Amendment Bill, there's a particular clause that says you cannot have liquor at a petrol station. But because that bill is not yet law, uh, it is actually, uh, you know, it's of no effect which means that provinces, who are the ones who actually issue licenses, can decide for themselves whether they want to uh, give them to petrol stations or not. Mm. Uh, fortunately, some provinces already have legislation that says they can't. For example, KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, Limpopo has a clause which says you cannot have a pet, uh, liquor license uh, within 500 meters of a petrol station. So there are those. Um, but at the end of the day, going back to the economic issue... You know, I think people misunderstand the the, the economic reality of, uh, uh, of of alcohol in South Africa. Yes, it is true that the alcohol industry uh, uh, makes a lot of money, it employs a lot of people, uh, it pays a lot of tax, and all of these things seem to be very important uh, and beneficial to the country. However, what people who, who push that argument are not taking into account is the cost to the country of the liquor industry, of the, of the consequences of alcohol-related harm. So 
So, for example, uh, uh, Richard Metropolis, in a paper that uh, he published in, uh, in, uh, on, uh, based on the GDP of 2009, is that the direct and tangible economic cost of alcohol to the country is 38 billion rand. That means that everything, all the harm that is caused by alcohol, whether it's a, a road traffic incident, whether it's uh, uh, um, uh, interpersonal violence, uh, uh, you know, and the cost to the health system, whether it's a loss of productivity, whatever, whatever, whatever uh, those various costs are, that is 38 billion rand cost to the country. In addition to that, he says that there are intangible costs, costs that you can't put an absolute value to, but that you can you can estimate a value, which is related to premature death, absenteeism from 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 work, uh, and various other uh, factors, and that could be up to 246 billion rand, which is about 10 to 12 percent of GDP. So it's a spurious argument, I'm afraid, that says that uh, if you reduce the amount of, uh, uh, if you you know, if you if you restrict alcohol more, if more, if you stop petrol stations selling alcohol, that somehow mm. there's going to be ha- economic harm to the country. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I mean it's it's an argument that we've heard bandied about, um, you know, uh, in response to many of the restrictions on the trade of liquor from uh, many an organisation, mm. be it in the courts, in the public domain, in the media, uh, and in many other places. Um, and I guess the, you know the the other question for me, um, Maurice, is around the um, broader trends that are informing how retail occurs, and mm. and whether or not that is breaking down boundaries between what we traditionally understand to be places that should be selling liquor and that shouldn't. So, for example, the BP pick-and-pay tie-up, which I guess is the nub of and the main issue here, Mm. was not there 10 years ago. Um, And there's a big question mark around, you know, how do we regulate in response to these market shifts? But also, what Mm. lessons can we learn from countries where this already happens? I mean, I've heard in some states in the US that there already is the sale of liquor in you know, a few retail stores or, or convenience stores like the ones that we're talking about here? Well, sure. No, it's true. And it's license, which is the mm. kind of license the petrol stations are applying for. And that means you can only sell wine inside the, uh, the shop. Since 2003, however, the supermarkets persuaded the authorities that they should be allowed to have fully-fledged liquor outlets. So you'll know, you'll know now that you can go to a mall, and there'll be a pick and pay on the one side of the of the passage, and the other side of the passage will be a pick and pay liquor store, where they're selling everything, not just wine, but beer, wine, cider, spirits, etc. What the 20, 2017 Who Owns Whom uh, report on the liquor industry said is the consequences of that is seventy percent of the small independent liquor retailers shut down. And 60,000 jobs were lost. So now when you talk about the impact on the economy, nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that the huge, incredibly wealthy supermarket chains have actually taken over the retail trade of alcohol at the expense of small business. And in fact, 
if you sometimes read the financial reports of these supermarkets, they say that while their general uh, uh, profits have gone down for their general groceries and so on, their alcohol profits have gone up. And I read the other day that, for example, a place like Macro, which I go to if I'm looking for electronic goods or hardware or furniture or stationery and so on, 25% of either their turnover or their profit, I can't remember, comes from alcohol. So, so we have a, we have an imbalance, and now the reality is that with BP and pick and pay, you're going to have a further situation. Yes, we know that these shops are run by franchisees, um, so those are individuals. But nevertheless, it means that if you have liquor licenses there, some of that profit is going to make pick and pay even richer, and to make BP even richer, hmm. um, and all around, uh, you know, there you'll find that smaller businesses, smaller uh, liquor outlets, or even other kind of convenience stores yeah. are going to shut down. Just briefly, and Morris. That's, and Morris, that's a problem. Morris, I mean, we are running out of time. And, uh, you know, just briefly, as Sapa, yeah. you, I mean, you spoke about the picket you guys undertook. Um, and mm. I'm also quite interested in, I guess, how you're going to, you know, halt this particular decision because it does seem like uh, a done and dusted thing. But maybe just give us a sense of, you know, uh, what your further actions are going to be on this particular score. Maurice Smithers, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much indeed for having us. That there was a Morris Smithers, he's the SA director for the SAPA, the Southern African Alcohol Policy uh, Alliance, and uh, speaking to us uh, this evening. We're going to have to leave it there, folks. The man with the music standing by, he's with you from 9 right through to midnight. And uh, yeah, have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my African. Siai banga, economy.